Chapter 10, verse 1, 2, and 3. It's good to see our good friend, Dr. Reverend uh, Emmanuel Chelpa and his wonderful wife, uh, uh, Antilly. So good to see you here. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Family. Uh, Luke chapter 10, verses 1 and 2. The Lord now chose 77 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs and all the towns and places where he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them. He said, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. Again, we said last week that this word harvest means the gathering of people into the kingdom of God. That's what it means figuratively. The word harvest in the Greek literally means um, the time of reaping or the time of results, the time to receive, the time to realize when real things happen. So Jesus says, so pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him, ask him to send workers into his fields. Pray. This word pray, it is a it is not the usual Greek word for prayer, which is prosukomai. It's another Greek word, which means to beg the Lord. It means to beg him as if you are binding yourself to him. To, it means to, to fasten yourself as if you're chained to him. It says, now go and remember, I am sending you out as lambs among wolves. And so I want, want to speak to you on a subject, you want to harvest, then pray. If you want to harvest, then pray, part two. I just want to give you a picture of what's going on here, uh, hopefully the image of the map that I have for you, okay, there. So in, in um, Luke chapter 9, in the purple, Jesus is doing ministry in the region of Galilee, so uh, for those of you who may not realize it, back in that time, uh, Palestine or Israel was divided into three sections. The purple was Galilee, the middle was Samaria, and the uh, green was uh, Judea. So Jesus, in chapter 9, he, he, is, he sends out uh, 12 of his disciples, who were later known as apostles, to spread the gospel, and he's doing his ministry in the region of Galilee. That's his ministerial circuit. However, there's a, there's a change that's taken place between chapter 9 and chapter 10. In chapter 10, Jesus is ending his Galilean ministry, and now he is making his way down south, heading towards Jerusalem, uh, because about three months from this time, there's going to be the Passover and also, eventually, he is going to be crucified. So you need to understand that there's an urgency here. Uh, it, we don't sense it simply reading the scriptures, but there's an urgency here 
because in about three months or so, Jesus is about to be crucified, and he realized that there's a harvest out there that he hasn't gathered. So what he does is in chapter 10, he gathers 72 other disciples. In other words, he says, you know what? Uh, harvest is here, and I need more laborers. So he hires six times the amount of workers that he hired in chapter 9. There's a sense of urgency to get this harvest uh, because he realized, and, and so these, these 72 people, which I believe is also in addition to the 12, they are moving towards the south. They're moving towards Judea to get these cities and sorry, towns ready for the arrival of Jesus. And my point is, is that there's an urgency to this season because your harvest is about to happen. And what you don't want to happen is, is like if any of you, I don't know, have any of you ever been apple picking, but you waited too long, okay? okay? And what ends up happening is that the apples, instead of being on the tree, they're on the ground, they're rotting because you missed your day of harvest. You, you missed your day of visitation. So what the Lord is saying is that his harvest season is here for us. And there needs to be a sense of urgency. Could you turn to the person next to you and say, you need to pick up the pace. You need to pick up the pace. You need to pick up the pace. Some of you, you know, you want to, when you're driving, you want to get to someplace quickly. And somebody in front of you decided that they're going to be sightseeing through Cambridge. Can I get a witness? Some of you were behind somebody this morning and you have to repent now because you're so mad. They say that the difference between, and, uh, and, and, and forgive, me, forgive me for just being uh, uh, chauvinistic for this one time, okay, just, okay, everybody's already, okay, just, just forgive me, but they say that when men shop, they're on a mission. When women shop, it's an experience, okay, 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 am I, am I all right? You know, they, they, they're like going through the store and... You know, let's go in here. Men like, wait a minute. You say you're getting a dress. Let's get the dress and get out of here. Okay. Elder Roy's looking at me like I'm not saying a word. <laughs> but my point is, is that there's a sense of urgency. I got time for you to be trying on clothes and does this work? And then we walk out and you didn't even buy anything. I'm not speaking from experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I heard. That's what I heard from Elder Roy. <laughs> he said, "Takes one to know one." But, <laughs> but the harvest is ready, and and some of us need to pick up the pace. Someone, some of us need to get a sense of urgency, and so he says. If you want your harvest, you got to pray. You got to bind yourself. You have to chain yourself to the Lord of the harvest. And the reason why we have to chain ourselves to the Lord is the picture as best. And, and I want to develop a picture for you. I'm not saying this is the only way you can interpret this scripture, but I want to develop a picture in you of what the type of prayer you need to pray, pray looks like. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 says, 
And the Holy Spirit, this is a New Living Translation, helps us to pray. Uh, it it uh, helps our weaknesses because we don't know how to pray. The, the King James Version says the Holy Spirit helps our infirmities. This word help means to take hold with another. To take hold with another. And Jesus says in John 14, verse 16, I'm going to send you another comforter. I'm going to send you somebody who's going who's to be just like me, only better. What do you mean better, Jesus? Because Jesus said, he didn't simply say, I'm going to send you someone better. He said, it is expedient. It is to your advantage that I go away so that the comforter will come. I'm going to send you another comforter. This word uh, help, <clears throat> it means, it literally means, comes from two uh, Greek wor words, uh, sin, which means uh, beside or among, and another Greek word, which you don't care about, is to participate. So the Holy Spirit participates beside me because I don't know how to pray. The Holy Spirit participates participate part capio it means he he takes his part and so i want to give you a picture of prayer uh nia could you come back up here i double paid her uh, i paid her to pray and i paid her and she can just if you can just sit there and i want um you can sit there and and i want uh, brother clint to come Okay, and so this is what it looks like. It is, it is, so there's something I need, so I, I'm, I am, I am, I am in on this prayer thing. I am, I am locking myself, and I'm not going to lock it this time, because it'll take too long to unbind. So I am not only chaining myself, to let me make that tighter. Yeah. So I'm not only chaining myself to uh, to the thing, but I'm also chaining myself to the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? Because there's something out there that I don't know how to pray. So, 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 pray to the Lord of the harvest. Pray to the Lord. I, I need you with me because I don't know how to pray. Are you with me? I need you with me because I don't know how to pray. Now, this is very real. And it just so happened that I was supposed to have somebody else to pray, but uh, the Lord used Nia, which was great. And so, me... Uh, man, how long ago was this? About 13, 12 years ago? 12 years ago. Clint and I were on a prayer walk. A bunch of men, about seven or eight of us, we were on a prayer walk through Central Square. And I still remember where we were. We, we were right in front of Walgreens, which was, you know how long ago, which was Woolworths back then. Okay. And he said to me, Bishop, Maria and I are trying to have children. And I said to him right there, we're going to pray. And I 
bound myself to this brother, and we prayed. And next thing you know, Nia is born. And then, next thing you know, the twins, Baron, Adam and Baron, are born. And that's when he said, okay, unhook me, Bishop. <laughs> we have a basketball team, that's enough. <laughs> but, here's the beauty of it is that no matter where Nia goes, she is chained. No matter where she goes, she is chained. Wherever, whatever school she goes to, she is chained. Whatever decision that she's going to make that may be a bad decision, she is chained. Watch this. Because it gets better. Even if she makes the wrong decision. Okay. Even if she gets off the path. This is in Pastor. Right? You need to read the rest of the scripture. Because it doesn't simply say the Holy Spirit helps us pray. But it goes on in verse 20, it says, and our he does it with groanings that cannot be expressed. Now, whether you believe in this or not, it doesn't, ma it doesn't matter so much as sometimes you just groan because you don't have the words to say. Can I get a witness out there? But I believe also that's why the Lord gave us the Holy Spirit's ability to speak in tongues so that our, so that we don't, mm, so don't, we don't pray from observation. We pray from revelation. Yeah, my child has gone off the path, but when I pray in tongues, the Holy Spirit knows what needs to be prayed. And the Bible says in verse 27, and he that searches the heart knows what's in the mind of the spirit when he's praying through me. Because the spirit makes intercession for the saints in harmony with the will of God. Mm. So why, can you give me five? Mm. So why your child is off the path? Because I prayed. That's when verse 28 comes in. And we know. No matter where you're going. And we know. That. All things. Not some things. They're working together for good. This is what I love. If you ever read the Jer Jerusalem Bible. It says all things are conspired for good, which means that <laughs> the, 
The bad thing about a, about a conspiracy is that you don't know you're being conspired against. But when God conspires against you, he's not conspiring against you. He's a conspiring for you. That's why we call him Jehovah Sneaky. Because somehow, and I love we got the honor, we had the honor a few uh, last week to listen to live uh, to Tony Evans. And he said these words, God will take your mess and turn it into a miracle. Amen. You all didn't hear what I'm saying. God will take you. What you think is a mess, God is going to turn it out to such good that you'll simply say only God can get the glory. Only God could have done this. And so no matter where you go, even if your parents stop praying, you're on my prayer list. So every door that's closed, they're going to open because you're chained. And when you get married, if that ain't the wrong guy, if your father doesn't kill him, I'm only kidding. <laughs> you're hooked. You're hooked. The stat is 50% of all children who grow up in church will leave when they go to college. But that's not going to happen to you because you're hooked. When your child's about to get in, when, when your son's about to do something, that may, he may lose his virginity. He's going to be hooked. I can't do this. You can be like Joseph. How can I do this? I know you're fine. Oh my God, you're so fine. But I can't do this. What's wrong with you? I can't do this. Why? Because Pentecostal Tabernacle has me hooked. <laughs> Come on, let's give them a hand. Thank you. Oh, thank you, sir. But it goes deeper than that. And then we're going to say a brief prayer for the kids before they leave. Let me just have the chain. There, there are some of you who you're trying to run away from things, but you can't get away because you're chained to the desire of the Holy Spirit. See, we're not, we're, 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 when he says, pray to the Lord of the harvest, chain yourself to the Lord of the harvest, the picture of this also you say, well, what are the scriptures? It's, it's when um, Jacob stops and he, he, his brother Esau is going to kill him the next day. This, and he, he stops and he sees an angel. Are you with me? And he chains himself to the angel. I want to use a chain. He chains himself to the angel. And he says to the angel, I will not let you go until you bless me. He's, he's chained to a blessing and he's chained to the angel and he realizes the only way I'm going to get this blessing. And this is, yeah, let me, let me do this again. We won't wrap around, but we'll just do this. We'll, we'll, do, we'll do one wrap around because I, I think you need to see this. Everybody still track with me? Yeah, be, be patient with me uh, because if I could... If I could uh, borrow uh, one more child, can I borrow? Huh? Yeah, Nine Eye. Nine Eye? Nene? Nine Eye? Okay, I know I always mess up the names, help me. Okay, 
So, so it slipped off. This is what happens when you, and, and bear with me, I've got to figure out a better way to do this. So what happens then, I'm chained to the Lord. Are you with me? What was it, okay? Ah, Jesus, the devil's a lie. Okay. I don't want to, well, I, have to, I don't want to lock us in. Because <laughs> I don't think I have the keys. <laughs> and, and, and so we're locked in. Let's pray to God that we're, okay, good. We're locked together. Okay? So, thank you. We get, so what happens, we're locked together. We'll just fake like we're locked together. And what happens, you're the blessing. Okay? Oh, no, no. You are, we're locked together. Because it says the Holy Spirit, you keep moving, keep going, keep going. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, keep going. The Holy Spirit, keep going. The Holy Spirit, we are beside each other, right? Are you with me? Me and the Holy Spirit. And we're working together. So what's happening, Lord have mercy, you need to see this. What's happening is, is I'm pulling. You keep going, try to go. I'm pulling, but, you're, but the Holy Spirit is pulling beside me. Are you with me? And so though my blessing is trying to get away, keep going, girl, me and the Holy Spirit are pulling her, pulling my harvest, pulling my harvest. So finally, my harvest is here. Are you with me so far? And that's why you know, that's why you, that's why you have to pray. That's why you have to pray. That's why you have to pray. And, 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 and so you have this woman, Hannah, this is my last illustration, you have this woman, Hannah, who in 1 Samuel chapter 1, she is weeping, and she is weeping for a son, and she is weeping for a son, and she is weeping for a son, and every year she's trying to shake this thing about needing a son, and in fact, her husband comes to her and says, I'll give you a double portion, and she's like, I don't want a double portion, I don't want a double blessing, I want a son. And so what happens is that she partners with God and she says, God, if you give me a son, I will what? Give him back to you. And God is like, good. Now we can pull together. Now we can pull together because you want a son. I want a prophet. You want a son. I want a prophet. And the point is, is that what you want is what God wants. When we were going to get, going to get this building, and, and I was like, God, you need to give us the building. And finally, I said these words. I said, God, if you give us this building, I'll give you a prayer room. And God said, that's good. Now we can work together. You'll get your building. I'll get my prayer room. That's why the prayer room will never be used for anything else but the prayer room. Because me and God made a deal. And he dropped the price, $700,000 for that building. I'm telling you, folks, God is saying to you that, that some of you have a desire in your heart that you can't shake. You want to leave Boston, but you can't shake it. You want to get, you want to just say, you know, I'm through with this friendship, 
but you can't shake it. When you're praying, it's, it's chained to you. When you're walking, it's chained to you. And God is saying, the reason why you're chained is because I need somebody who will work with me in prayer because I want this to happen. How many of you have something in your spirit you can't shake? There's a woman in our church right now. It's like almost every month she is bawling. And so finally I came over to her and I said, why are you, you know, is everything all right? And she says, yeah, it's all right, Bishop. But I have this burden for incarcerated men. And the Lord just has me weeping and weeping. I don't know what to do with this. And I believe what God is saying is that I need to burden you because the burden will force you to leave where you are and pursue the harvest. There are some people who right now, when you sleep, they come to your mind. When you wake up, they come to your heart. And you're trying to shake them. And you're trying to throw them away after all they've done. And God is saying to you, you're chained to this. I put them on your heart. I put them in your spirit. There's some of you, there's an earning, there's an itch, there is a, there's a pursuit that to go back to school. And you're trying to shake it. You're trying to put it aside. And God is saying, no, I put that there because that's your harvest. Hallelujah. You want a harvest, you got to pray. Some of you, you find yourself waking up 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning every night. You're like, God, what are you doing? God is saying, I'm trying to chain you to a specific watch because there's some demonic activity going on. And I need a watchman who will pray. So instead of waking up, and looking at, well, seeing that I'm up, let me see what's going on on ESPN, and let me see what the news is, let me see what Donald Trump did, and let me see. No, no. How about seeing what the heavenlies are saying? How about seeing the Lord being able to put something in your spirit that I need you to pray because something is about to happen to brother such and such or such a sister such and such, and I need you to pray so that when the morning comes, whatever scheme and assignment that every enemy has will not destroy this person. I want every child to stand up. Every child as you head to Sunday school, don't head it there yet. And I want all those who are around these kids to put your hands towards them on the shoulder or, and I want you they, I'm supposed to dismiss them at 9.30 so that gives us three minutes to pray for them. Come on let's pray for them right now. They're chained to us. They're our kids. There are kids. Come on, folks. Let me hear you open your mouth and, and pray for them. You don't know what they face in school. You don't know what the onslaught of the enemy is to try to pull them out of the house of God. Thank God for Team Bible Quiz and thank God for the Junior Bible Quiz group. But we need to pray that all this word that's being put in them through the teachers. They're chained to us. They're, you're a PT child. You're a child of Pentecostal Tabernacle. You are raised in the house of God. You're going to be different. You're going to be a different boss. You're going to be a different teacher. You're going to be a different entrepreneur. You're going to be a different uh, 
a politician. You're going to be a different position. You're going to be a different business or a, dis a different partner in a firm. You're going to be different. You're going to be different. You're going to be different. Come on, we got two more minutes. And we're even, let's pray for even those kids who are no longer at, in the church, but we're pulling them back. We're pulling them back. We're pulling them back. Because all things work together for good. The devil is a liar. The harvest is ready. So even the kids who are far away right now, right now, the Holy Spirit is working. He is conspiring behind the scenes so that whatever's going on, it will work for good. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our Sunday school children. And Lord, I'm not sure how often we would do this, but Lord, we, as often as possible, as often as you leave, we will not let them leave this room without chaining them to our prayers. And Father, we're working together to, to, to pull them into the will and purpose of God. The Bible says there's a way that seems right to man and the way of that end is death. And so that's why we're going to pull them off of the wrong way. When they want to wander, to stay in the way. And Jesus, you said you are the way. You are the truth and your life. Anoint their teachers, Lord. Let something be said that will, that will transform their hearts. Let something be said that will be an epiphany to them. And Father, I pray that there'll be an encounter with you in Sunday school class. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, you, you may go, teachers and Sunday school teachers, students rather. Come on, let's just stay worshiping. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord, Holy Spirit. Yes, Holy Spirit. Come here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God is. My heart longs to be overcome by your presence, Lord. I want to share a story with you, and then I want to pray for you. 
if this resonates with you. 40 years ago, I was 19. You don't have to do the math, I was 59. I was in my sophomore year at Bentley University. And I had this sense of frustration where I, being raised in the church, and I said to God, God, I'm going to give you an opportunity to show that you're real. And if you're not real, I'm going to get my degree at Bentley in accounting. I'm going to go move to Atlanta uh, because that's the Mecca. And I'm going to be a BMW black man working. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to have a good life. I won't do anything crazy because I was raised in the church, but this, this remaining pure and living for you, this, this, is, this is a lot of work for just a religious experience. So I went on a two-day fast, and often the Lord downloaded my spirit. He said, you are going to pass the Pentecostal tabernacle, and he said, you're going to marry Carmen Selman. And I said, okay, that's interesting. You know, the PT thing may not thrill me, but, you know, well, Carmen, she's fine. So that at least, you know, you're, you're, you're a good matchmaker, Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, you know. And then all hell breaks loose. And I want to leave the church. Forget the pastor. I want to leave the church. And a lot of stuff happened, and every time I was going to leave, I couldn't. Some, someone or some circumstance would draw me back. I mean, one time we had been married about three years, and I was just so fed up with this place. I was a deacon at the time. Had my letter written out. I had enough of you all. Forget it. I'm gone. I won't leave Boston, Lord, but I'm leaving this church. And guess when I was going to put it in, someone came by my house. My dad actually came by my house. <clears throat> I don't even know why he came by. But my dad's prophetic. And he had a sense that I was going to leave. I'll never forget his words. He said, if you leave and go to this church, all you'll be is a worship leader there. And I heard the Lord say, but I've called you to be a pastor. And I couldn't shake it. Well, of course, now the rest is history with this building, that building, the new building, all these people by the grace of God. But my point is, is that that was years of not being able to shake what God chained me to. And there's some of you, you're trying to shake yourself from certain desires, shake yourself from certain people, and yet God keeps saying, I know, the, I know the plan I have for you, and I'm chaining you to this person, I'm chaining you to this place. Some of you are chained to a job, you're trying to get out, and God is saying, I'm not letting you out, because there's something I want to do and I need you to work with me. Some of you, there's some desires that you have, and you're trying to 
trying to shake it. Or why, am I, why do I want to upend my life and do this? And yet, it's just gnawing at you because it's the Holy Spirit saying, I need you to partner with me so we can pull in this harvest. I don't know why I have such a burden for the city of Cambridge. I, I, I wasn't even raised here. What, and yet the Lord just won't let me sleep. It, it's like I have this burden for not only city came, but Pentecostal tabernacle. You, you, you can ask my wife. My life in the natural, can I say in the natural? My life is miserable. You say, why is it miserable? Because I would say to folks, if I wish at the end of the day I could take my head, put it in a locker, lock the locker, and then when it's time to wake up, put my head back on because all I think about is you. All I think about is the city. All I think about is God. You want to reveal your glory in Cambridge. You want people to know that you are real and you are powerful. And all I'm thinking about is how can we work this? How can we do this together? And now I understand what Paul said in Philippians chapter 2, verse 4, 13 and 14. He says, for it is God who is working in you, both to will, both to desire his good pleasure. And there's some of you who are just like that. It's something you can't shake because it's what God has put in you. And if you're sensing that, I, I want to pray for you. If you're sensing that, I want you as, as a sign that says, God, okay, God, see, seeing that I can't, seeing that you're not going to let me free from this desire, this passion, all right, you don't, you don't have to keep pulling on me anymore. Uh, okay, I, I'm, I'm, I'm freely giving myself to what you burdened me with. Uh, and, and if that's you, I want you to just come to this altar. We call this the altar. And just, just as a way of, God, I'm rededicating myself to your purpose. Maybe for some of you, it, you just need to say, God, I, I just want to remind you and remind myself I'm all in on this thing that you put on my heart. If that's you, I want you to come because I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. And you know that there's something that you can't shake. There's someone you can't shake. There's a space that you can't shake. And even, even as I was speaking, the Bible says, the Bible says that when, when Elizabeth, when, when Mary walked into the door to greet Elizabeth, the Bible says that the Jesus, Jesus and Elizabeth, not sorry, John the Baptist and Elizabeth leaped at the voice of Mary. And, and my point is, is that somehow as I was speaking, something, something was leaping inside of you. And I want to let you know, it wasn't something, it was someone. It was, it was what God birthed in you that belongs to him. His baby is in you. His vision is in you. And, and at the voice of the Lord through Brian Green, something leaped in you and said, oh yeah, it's still there. It's, it's not stillborn. It's not aborted. It, it's still there. And God, I, I, I want to work with you in my prayer life. I want to work with you to bring in your harvest.